Hello and welcome back to the State of Play podcast, episode 111. There is no Martino, there is no Matt, there is no American voices in this podcast, which for some of you you'll hate, some of you might enjoy. All jokes aside, today I'm joined by the great Tom McDermott, who is a United analyst, journalist, whatever you want to call it. He's been on the show before, uh, back in the day, if you guys want to go check that out. Um, at the time, I think we were talking about Jaden Sancho joining last summer, whether or not it was going to happen, etc., all that good, good stuff. But again, United are the main story in football at the moment. And um, before we get into it, I want to apologise that we didn't have an episode last week, Um all of us were super slammed, just couldn't find the time to do it. Uh, and we're kind of sorting out whether or not we're going to do episodes on a different day when there's a Champions League week. So we kind of cover that as well. So bear with us as we coordinate that and coordinate work schedules. But Tom, thank you so much for coming back on, mate. No problem at all. Yeah, has it really been a year? Has it, has I, it been I, that long? I think it has. I think it has. Uh, I'll do some research as you're speaking to tell you exactly where it is. Um, Although Jaden Sancho just feel like he was joining United for about six years, so it could be. <laughs> episode 48, which is... There you go. I mean, yeah, we're talking a year and a bit ago now. Oh, but yeah, just, just over a year ago. So there we are. Wow, wow. <laughs> I think you uh, you you dialed in from your car that day, but h- how have things been? Um, h- how are you doing, and and how are you feeling about United right now? Yeah, all good. I mean, it's been a it's, it's a strange start to the season, hasn't it? I mean, if you you said to me that I don't know after the Europa League final, United would sign Varane, Sancho, and Ronaldo, um, <laughs> I'd say. Wow, I mean, I might even suggest that you, you, you were a little mad because it's it doesn't go in line with how United usually behave, or certainly haven't behaved under Solskjaer. It was Van der Beek, wasn't it? And the as you mentioned, the the pursuit of of Sancho the year before. Um, but I think such has been the start to the season, such as the how Solskjaer has been backed. You know, we're approaching year three now, and it's four hundred and forty-one million um, pounds that's been spent on the team. He has had a bit of success in getting to semi-finals. I mean, I wouldn't call it success, but he's taken the team to sort of so far. The Europa League final and and not winning that that was that was huge for me. But then the club the club responded, didn't they? They they backed him with Sancho, as I mentioned. They backed him with Varane. They backed him with Ronaldo, and we're in a position now where we we look completely out of the Champions League. Sorry, out of the league, the Champions League. We've stuttered to sort of top of the group and. Um, fans are, are left scratching their head as, as to where we go from here yeah I mean the thing is we've we've spoken about on this podcast for a while that I'm of the opinion and again Tom you're, you're far closer to United so you can speak to this far better than I after I um after I explain what my thoughts are but when Oli came in I think he he kind of brought that feel-good factor back into United he kind of really hammered home the United values which I think got a bit lost under Van Gaal and Mourinho and David Moyes to be fair so I, I actually think up until you know the beginning of the season he's actually done a pretty good job if you consider especially off the pitch kind of um his role in the transfer strategy which i think has improved since mm-hmm. the Mourinho days of of bringing fred in for 50 million and and so on and so forth bringing ibrahimovic in and like these kind of short gap, uh, stopgap options even though cavani did come in he he's come in as kind of supplementary and complementary rather than the main man as as ibrahimovic did i think uh-huh. on the pitch at times he's he's had great results against big teams he's been able to to coach a very good counter-attacking style of play in specific games. But for me, when you sign Ronaldo and Varane, who have 10 Champions Leagues between them, 
uh, or whatever, <laughs> and you sign Sancho for 80 million, I do think that that level of pressure, that level of scrutiny suddenly goes up a gear because you suddenly have a top five, six squad in Europe. Like this squad compares to pretty much any squad in Europe at the moment. And that's when the pressure starts to get, uh, rise. And again, um, if you kind of look at what Paul Pogba did on the weekend, coming on, uh, committing an error, and then getting sent off, you look at Ronaldo and Greenwood, those kind of rumours. You look at, um, you know, Rashford uh, throwing his hands up at times. You look at Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw, lack of concentration. And you consider how well some of these players played during the Euros. You know, Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw looked like superstars. Paul Pogba looked like a superstar. Cristiano Ronaldo scored, um, you know, however many goals during the Euros. He scored 29 goals in, in 30 appearances for Juventus last season. He'll probably score that many or, or that there or thereabouts this season for United, especially if they get their act together. These are players, I mean, Jaden Sancho has 100 goals and assists, at, uh, you know, before he turned even 21. So I just, mm. th- suddenly the pressure increases. You suddenly see players that are playing well under different coaches or in different systems and the questions start to get uh asked and suddenly you're like does he have the credentials on the pitch even though of what he's done off the pitch and in terms of values is great does he now have the uh, credentials on the pitch to take united forward yeah it's it's, it's strange you mentioned signings they eh? started off by talking about signings and if you look at Jaden sancho this year cristiano ronaldo um, Donny van der Beek. If we just take th- those three as an example now, Ronaldo has has performed for United. He scored some great goals, but I wouldn't suggest for a, for a minute that we're playing to his strengths. No. Um, and if that is getting you know getting the ball wide and getting balls into him, as, as we saw with Luke Shaw um, last week in the Champions League against Atalanta, and obviously in the, in the dying minutes against Villarreal um, a few weeks before that, then that's what United need to do. But they're not doing that. So the first thing is identity. Second thing, going back to the players, is Van der Beek. Well, was he a Solskjaer signing? Um, did he really want him? Uh, it's, it's alarming to me that a player, um, kind of who, who was young but came with experience with the national team, the Dutch team, and, and did well, captain in his side, Champions League semi-final appearances as well. Very experienced for someone so young, and, and has a lot to offer in that midfield department. Why more hasn't been got by him? And we're just starting to see a similar pattern. I fear with with Jaden Sancho as well. Mm. Um, Jaden, yep. Players join clubs all the time and don't. He doesn't work or they don't hit the ground running. I, I get that completely, but predominantly, Jaden Sancho was used on that sort of right forward position, wasn't he? Uh, or more often than not, if he, if he was going to be played in his best position, he, he would ask for that. Well, Solskjaer seems to be using him down the left, and it doesn't keep, seem to be quite working. He's in and out, and you know we're not privy to what what goes on on the on the training pitch. Um, but it just seems to be that is Jaden Sancho looking at now a player that Manchester United desperately needed. Mm. Mason Greenwood appears to be occupying that sort of forward right role and, and has done well. He, he looks a bit tired at the moment. I think mentally tired more than anything. The yeah. rumours of a bit of discontent with Ronaldo as well um, between the two of, of swinging the ball in, which reminds me actually of Ruud van Nistelrooy because one of his complaints when Ronaldo was there that he didn't deliver the ball early enough for him. <laughs> Maybe we're seeing a bit of that that with Greenwood and Ronaldo. But anyway, but if you've got Ronaldo, sorry, Greenwood down that right-hand side, Ronaldo through the middle, Rashford and or Martial down the left. Where does the creativity come from? Exactly. And, and was there a need to sign Jadon Sancho? Because I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but people talk about a central defensive midfielder. What if you, you're spending £70, £80 million pounds on Jadon Sancho? Could that not be spent on, on on that position in front of the back four? So, while Solskjaer has taken United so far, there has many good things. I think up until sort of the last month or six weeks, the culture and, and has improved. There does it does appear to be stuttering, and, and we're seeing that not only in his recruitment but style of play. Um, you know, and as I said, after four hundred and forty-one million pounds to be spent, 
you know, half, nearly half a billion, your fans expect better. And it's turning into a bit of a cliche now because I've said it that often. But if Tuchel, Klopp, or Guardiola were were in charge of, of Manchester United, then. I'm pretty sure if they weren't top of the league, they wouldn't be far off. And and mm. you know, after three years, you give two Klopp or Guardiola for you know a quarter of a half a billion. I'm sure that a league title may may have fallen into the Mel Trafford Museum. I think the uh, three behind Ronaldo is is a really interesting conversation, right? Because for me, very simply put, if you sign Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the best finishers in the world, the greatest goal scorer of all time, like one of the best footballers of all time as you said, you need to build the team around him for the time that you've got with him. And I think yeah. that if you play a lineup where the people most... People are saying as well there, sorry, just to interrupt, go people on, on. are saying as well, like I've been on a couple of podcasts recently, people are saying that, you know, Ronaldo is the problem. Well, I'm sorry, if you've got a man that can guarantee you between 25, 30 goals a season, how is that a problem? Yeah. You know, people are <laughs> impressive. Well, well don't, don't sign him. And also, (laughs) football is often really overcomplicated, isn't it, Tom? Of course it is, The the hardest thing in football is scoring goals. And if you have someone who guarantees you 30 to 50 goals a season, that is one of your problems solved. And you start... uh, Any other problems you have, you build around that. For me, I think the issue is, like, if you have Ronaldo in your team up front, and we saw this a bit at Juventus where the most creative player he had with him was maybe Rodrigo Bentancourt or... Quadrado, like Quadrado was the top assister at, at Juventus the season yeah. uh, Ronaldo was there. That's a big issue and that's probably the reason he didn't score as many goals and they didn't do as well as they should have uh, alongside a, a few other reasons. But if you actually think about United, right, you've got Bruno who is an incredibly created player. Like the, all the stats back it up. Luke Shaw as well. Last season he was one of the most creative left-backs in the world, one of the most attacking uh, and threatening left-backs in the world. If you then have Fred and McTonomy behind Bruno and you have Marcus Rashford on the left and Greenwood on the right, there is two creative players in that team and that is Bruno Fernandes and Luke Shaw. For me, that's a big issue in in itself. Like, I think if you have a a team that has a Matic, uh, a Pogba or a McTominay and Pogba, a Bruno in front and then a Sancho on the right and then either a Greenwood or a Rashford on the left, suddenly you have two extra players in Pogba and Sancho who are going to create goal-scoring opportunities for one of the deadliest footballers mm-hmm. in the box of all time. The player that has probably the best movement that, You've got, ever. It's not only that, though. You've got, you know, if, if you were to ask me to drop, drop a list now of the top five or ten penalty box strikers in the world, Cavani and Ronaldo would be on that yeah. list. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's not only playing to Ronaldo's strengths. It's can you build a system that means that either Ronaldo or Cavani or Rashford can score lots of goals or, or have lots of chances to, to score goals. So for me, I, I think that's an interesting one. Um, I, I really think that Jaden Sancho for me is is a top tier talent. We're talking about a premier talent that when he was at Dortmund was on the level of Phil Foden, both statistically and performance wise. Um, he's shown in flashes that he can play really well for England. As, as you mentioned, Tom, on the left, I think some of his stats for, for Dortmund were actually better on the left, but he likes being on that right hand side, drifting into the middle, um, sometimes linking up in, in kind of a, an abstract 4-4-2 with a striker. I just think that when you pay £80 million for a player, you've got to play him. And I think maybe Mason Greenwood's done really well 
I think he's a really great player. I think there is a lot of hype about him because of his finishing ability, which is, the hard, as we mentioned, the hardest thing to do in football. But I think there is a bit lacking on the build-up. I think defensively, uh, the link-up with Aaron Wan-Bissaka looks an absolute mess. And I think that it might be time to give Sancho that run before the international break and just see what happens. Because Ole is like, his head's on the chopping block now. Whether he plays... Greenwood or Sancho, I, I think it doesn't matter that much, but he needs to figure out how to create more chances for someone that they've they've really bought into. But um, I, I want to talk about Ole a bit more specifically and, and less on the pitch. Like, do you think his time's now up, Tom? Do you think this is it? And and who do you think is going to take that role on if you think it is it for him? Yeah, I think he's... Um, yeah. I'm not sure when your podcast is going out, but obviously we know as of sort of Tuesday, Wednesday... Thursday that um, he will be in charge for the game against Tottenham Hotspur at the weekend. However, I think too much too much damage is, is done. And if we just look at Manchester United as a business, which is not what many fans want to consider them as, but it's what the Glazers will look at them as, it's what Edward will look at. For, for the money in, they've invested in the squad, the manager is simply not getting the best out of the players. You can forget the legendary status, um, or we can't forget the legendary status because perhaps that's why he stayed for so long. But Ollie, the player, um, is a legend, and Ollie, the manager, has done very well up until the Europa League final. So over the best part of two years, he, he was, or slightly longer, he was he was fantastic. He he did rebuild the culture. The players were more liked by the supporters. Fans were happy. Um, as a counter-attacking team at that point, United, we had a style of play. But if you fast forward ever since sort of the that Europa League final, other than the, the Leeds United game um, on the opening day of the Premier League season, I think Manchester United, there have been periods with, in, in almost every game, even those they've, they've won, where they've been outplayed. The style of play has been questionable. They could have um, lost by more. Um, they could have quite easily be out of the, the Champions League running, let's be honest. Um, and people say, well, they're sat top. Well, yeah, they are sat top. But as Skull said last week, the, the warning signs are there and, and Atalanta were without five or six of their best players. So there were a lot of lot of concerns. And then you hear about dressing room, room in rest, unrest. I, I believe after the Leicester game, Ronaldo voiced his concerns about, about Solskjaer. Yeah, he's a nice guy. The players like him. But I think that the general feeling is amongst the sort of senior players and the senior players who have played under other top managers is that mm. he's, he's quite up to it and, and that usually only ends one way. In terms of coming in, that's a really, really interesting question because some of the names that have been mentioned, so Ten Hag at Ajax, well, he's committed and loyal to Ajax until at least the end of the season. Yeah, Pochettino is, is the, the old favourite, but you know he probably will. Um, at some point leave PSG, such as how they do things over the next 12 to 18 months. Now, he'll be judged, I, I guess, on the Champions League. If he mm. doesn't deliver that, he may leave next summer. So then potentially next summer, you've got Ten Hag and Pochettino. Brendan Rodgers is another that's that's mentioned. If you wanted him before um, next summer, you'd probably have to buy him out of the contract. And, and I don't think that'll, that'll happen with Rodgers. I, I'm still a bit wary because of his Liverpool connections and, and, and so on as well. So then mm. you're looking at managers that are available and open now and there's two names really that stand out, and that's Zidane, who who is who is sort of let it be known that he doesn't want the job um, <laughs> at the moment, and and then you're down to Antonio Conte, who I is, mean, not uh, not not a two not too bad couple of names there, right? They're not. They're they're great names, and they do different. They do bring different things. Um, Conte is obviously probably slightly better tactically than Zidane. I think that he would go in there. He would be very. Um, he'd ruffle a few feathers, but he'd probably win a couple of things as well. 
but it's the condition of which he leaves the club in two years would we'll be yeah. back back yeah. to this point. And then obviously, and also, there's a question about his management of egos as well. I think. I mean, he he has worked with a lot of them, but I I do think that there is uh, his management with egos on and off the pitch. Like his relationship with every sporting director has been terrible. Um, in every and what club, about the he's development been of people like Greenwood. You mentioned before Rashford, Jaden Sancho. Will he go? You know, three five two. Would he play? You know, Shaw. And this is completely off topic. Shaw, Varane, Maguire at the back. Would he have left wing back of Tellez or right wing back of Dallow? Because I don't think he trusts Wan-Bissaka positionally. And then up front, he'd probably put Cavani and Ronaldo in the, the box and Matic and Pogba in midfield, which means the likes of Rashford, the likes of Greenwood, the likes yeah. of Sancho would probably struggle to get a game. So there's that element. So Manchester United are probably have accepted privately that Solskjaer's not the man. And at some stage in the next few weeks, months, he will go. But who do you bring in? Yeah. Know, do Manchester United have to accept that they're not there isn't a clock Guardiola or a or a Tuchel out there at the moment. Ten Hag, if he is that man, he isn't quite ready for that yet, you know, because he's got a job at Ajax to do. Will Barcelona come in for him later yeah. on in, in in the year as well? So Manchester United are looking for almost this perfect person that's a, a kind of carbon copy of a Klopp or a Guardiola yeah, that will yeah, be yeah, there yeah. for a while and play beautiful football. But do they just need to to kind of swallow their pride a bit and say, look, if that isn't available and we can't get that? Do we need to take go for a Conte? Do we need to sort of take that kind of risk in, in how it all materialised and developed with him after a couple of years? But actually, the pain that comes might be worth it because he'll win a couple of trophies. I don't know, it's a balancing act. But if you're asking me who who would come in, um, if I was pushed at this point in time, I, I think that Solskjaer will probably leave between now and Christmas. I don't yeah. think Manchester United will, will get three wins against Tottenham, Atalanta and Man City. And I don't think it's all about the wins. I think it's style of play and performance what they did against Liverpool was completely unacceptable and that came after hiding against Leicester and an absolutely shambolic first half against Atalanta so I think Solskjaer probably will go I think the players know that um, he's, he's you know he's definitely in that departure lounge isn't he but I think if you to push me now who would come in I think that Manchester United would, would have to just because of what's available what's left and how long they'd have to wait for the people bring Antonio Conte in because mm. if they do think they can get a Ten Hag next summer or a Pochettino or if they want Rodgers whoever who do they bring in between now and then do they stick with Oli and then potentially risk that top four because can you see Ronaldo playing in the Nations Conference League <laughs> I can't do and you let Mike bring... Phelan take it on for the rest of the season exactly. something like that exactly just as risky so you've got to you've got to almost get Solskjaer out if and when that time happens and get somebody straight in and if, and if we're to believe everything we're here look United are telling me they're not speaking to Antonio Conte um which I believe is probably the case, but I think Antonio Conte has done enough in the last few days to 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 sort of well, he certainly wants the United job, doesn't he? So we'll see how that goes. But if you just push me now and say who'll be the manager at Christmas, um, I, I'd probably say Antonio Conte at, at this point. But it could obviously change depending on what Manchester United think they might be able to get further down yeah. the line. But of course, that's the complexity because, as you rightly pointed out, and I've said there is if you stick with Solskjaer or put an interim manager in, it could go, it could. You know, stutter along uh, mm. is the same because the the guys at United, such as Carrick, Fletcher, Phelan, they're not managers; they're coaches. Yeah, at yeah. best. And and, and you know, putting a coach in against somebody else who's who's, yeah. who's going for that top four. You know, you have got Leicester, West Ham, um, Arsenal are, are making a sort of mini comeback, aren't they? These these teams will fancy that spot. That they'll fancy that fourth <laughs> spot. So it's a balancing act. Um, I want to ask you: Does it make sense? And again, it's a horribly crude expression. I hate using it. The old, the old adage of of giving someone enough rope to to, to hang themselves with, because 
you know i can't really think of a better expression but is it do you think that that's what's happening when it comes to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer between now and uh between now and the international break there's an November international break that starts on the 6th of November and a lot of clubs do usually do this they either give the manager that international break to try and work things over on the training ground and then give him the, the next couple of games after that but if you're looking at United's run they have about eight or ten fixtures in a row in the Premier League during uh, late November December going into January that look really winnable and look really tasty for either a redemption story for Ole or a new manager to really put their imprint on a team and I think that if you're United and you're thinking okay we'll give them the next three games and if we think they'll go how they go then there is going to be no way back for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after that and we can sack him at the beginning of that international break bring Antonio Conte let him get settled over those two weeks train with the players who are there and then he has an easier run afterwards that kind of makes sense to me and I have a follow-up question as well Ole's done a lot of things off the pitch is there a worry internally at United that you're not only replacing the coach, which is what Antonio Conte is, he'll come in, he won't necessarily come in as the manager position, who is going to be doing some of that work with the scouting team, with the uh, sporting directors, etc. at United when, when Ole does leave? Because it, it does seem like an inev- inevitability at this point. I think they um, they like Ole Gunnar. They want him to stay. They want him to, to try and turn it around. It hasn't been this bad before. It's not. It's not been far off. I think about a year ago, after one of the international breaks, United played Everton away and um, they went a goal down to a Carlo Ancelotti's Everton at the time and, and they turned it around that day. And I got, I got the impression before that game that he was the, the, the pressure was not as bad as it was now, but it was just starting to, people were just starting to ask questions. And then he went on one of his little runs, didn't he, where he, uh, he won a few games. Um, Liverpool weren't quite at it. Lampard was struggling at, struggling at Chelsea and things kind of fell in his favour elsewhere and, and, and United got through. Um, this at this stage, uh, look, I, I I don't see after everything that's happened. You know, we're in year three of Solskjaer's reign, aren't we? Or approaching year three, and if we're asking for him to sort things out on the training training ground before a week that's Tottenham away, Atlanta away, and Man City home. Players we know are, or there's a group of players, senior players that are not happy with with how things are. Yes, they like him. They'd like they'd like him to succeed as well. But it's Manchester United. It's not a, you know. <sighs> It's not a League One team or a League Two team or a, or a Norwegian team, and that is not being disrespectful. It's Manchester United, and and again, go back to it: the money they've spent, the expectations of the supporters. Solskjaer's had a lot of chances, and there's a lot of love there from from the supporters still. But um, there's only so much I think they can take, and you don't mind getting beat or even hammered by your closest rivals. It's not nice. It's not. It isn't nice at all. It's horrible. Monday was a horrible day, but you can. I, I kind of accept it. If it is in isolation, you know, I'm not saying we welcome defeats, big defeats, of course we don't, but you kind of accept it. Manchester United lost with under Ferguson to our rivals. There was a hammering at Old Trafford. But when it comes after, you know, a string of appalling performances where there is, there is a real lack of identity, where the players are not looking happy, where they're not creating chances, where you have periods of play where the opposition are just so on top and players are not, you know, conducting the basics then he's a serious, serious problem. And, and that is why and part of the reason why I don't think Solskjaer will be able to turn it around. And, and I think that, yeah, maybe they are waiting for that international break to see how they're getting on in these next three games. But, you know, if, if it isn't good in the next three games, they certainly can't let it go on any longer. In terms of Antonio Conte, if it is him, well, whoever comes in, the names we mentioned there, you know, Zidane, 
Conte, if they wait till next summer or a Pochettino or a Ten Hag or whoever, they're going to want to bring in their new faces, their coaches. They'll have scouts that they rely on, that they've worked with for years. Anybody that comes in will not be like Solskjaer in that they will have managed at a top club before. Zidane, Real Madrid, Conte, Chelsea, Juve, Inter, Ten Hag, Ajax, even Brendan Rodgers, Celtic, Leicester. His CV and his, his sort of previous clubs is better than that. Pochettino, Tottenham and now PSG managed the likes of Neymar, Mbappe and, and Messi. These guys have are already ahead of him in terms of their development as coaches, in terms of their sort of performance as coaches. Yes, Pochettino hasn't won any kind of major honours. I think he was a, a French Cup last year, but he's managed at a higher level for longer than Solskjaer has. So whoever comes in will bring in their own coaches, will bring in their own, I guess, or work closely with the United Scouts. And 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 who and it's just that's just modern football, isn't it? People come in and people go, and you rarely get a Klopp or a Guardiola who... I think they're two of the longest serving managing the Premier League now after after Dice. These guys will, will come in and they'll have their own ideas and they'll want their own staff with them. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, I've seen a few interesting threads about um, Conte and whether or not he could play the 4 1 2 1 2 diamond. You know, could that utilize Pogba on the kind of. He could play, play anything. He, 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 he could play that. anything. I mean, like, yeah. look, if you give a manager of, a coach of that quality, um, this squad I, th- I think he'll he'll kind of figure it out right and and I think to your point Tom like there are a lot of good players there Rashford, Sancho, Greenwood, Hadjis that's a good problem to have at the end of the day and if you ask any coach would you rather have more really good players or less really good players they're all obviously going to say more he has to handle those egos but I, I agree I also, with you I, think, I also on, don't on, think as well no, no I also don't think the central defensive midfield problem is as bad as what people make it out I think we need players in there or we need a player in there without doubt that is the you know I don't want to say weakest, but it's a problem position. Um, but between Van der Beek, Pogba, Fred, McTominay, and, and whoever else, there's enough quality to rotate within that position. And I don't want to say make do, but to be competitive. And the McFred argument, yes, I get it. They're, they're not great. They're not playing well. They're not great when in possession. But between them, Matic, Pogba, Van der Beek, there's enough quality in there to get through. Yeah, and I think I think McTominay's a, a pretty good central midfielder in my eyes. I think he's pretty underrated. I think he's highly rated in in football circles. I think Matic is obviously still very capable. You're talking about a, a multi league winner there. Um, he is definitely a, a Conte type of player as well as we saw in his Chelsea days. So, uh, yeah, I think there's enough there for him to work with, and um, yeah, I'm really curious to see how it goes. I mean. As an Arsenal fan, I kind of want Ole to stay. But, um, I bet you do, yeah. Um, but I, I, I am, I am kind of very interested as a, as a football fan to see how Conte does at United. Um, Tom, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. You've been so so great. Um, where can people find out more about you on on Twitter and and, and some of your work and stuff? Yeah, just I guess just just head over to Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Um, it's uh, Mr. Tom McDermott on that, and then. Um, yeah, it's normally pretty United heavy. We've got a, a lot going on. I think we have the next few days and weeks. It'll be interesting. As you rightly as you rightly said, though, it'll be interesting to see what the United board do and yeah. and how they act. Do, do they have another manager in mind for later down the road? And if they do, what do they do with Solskjaer? Because ultimately, I think he'll leave. Or or, or will they go for Antonio Conte, who who clearly wants a job and and would would step in straight away? We'll see. Yeah. 
definitely uh thank you so much tom i guess we'll have you on in another year and thank you everyone for listening to the state of play podcast really interested to see what happens with Solskjaer, with conte with man united thank you very much everyone for listening please do share on socials uh, like retweet and listen all that good stuff thank you very much for listening and have a great day and a great week <laughs>